Hey guys, it's Pete Mundo. Thanks so much for downloading this week's radio show that we flip into a podcast form, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. I want to add this. We're brought to you by betnow.eu. Use the promo code HEARTLAND for a 100% sign-up bonus when you deposit with them. I did it. I hope you will as well. Those guys have been great to us. They have a great side, a good operation, and it helps us. You know, We are as grassroots as it gets. There's no big-time backer behind us, no big-time company, and it's through partnerships with BetNow and otherwise that allows us to grow and expand and to bring you guys more content. So please do consider that and check them out, betnow.eu, promo code HEARTLAND when you deposit. And also, please leave us a rating and a review. I appreciate that, and I'll send you a free koozie if you do it. Just email me, PeteMundo at heartlandcollegesports.com a picture of your screenshot and your review, send me your address, and I will get that koozie in the mail. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Enjoy the show. We roll right along in Heartland College Sports Weekly. I'm Pete Mundo, and let's welcome in a friend of the show. I've been on his, and now he's on ours. He's Trent Condon, Sports Talk 1700 in Des Moines, joining us and. No better time to do a deep dive into the Iowa State Cyclones than right now because, Trent, just when the season looked like it was on the verge of potentially falling apart and Iowa State was on the verge of being 1-4, and four, uh, Brock Purdy comes in, the true freshman saves the day and, and potentially saves the season. How jacked up in Ames are they about this kid? Well, the, the love is running deep already, Pete. Good to talk to you again. You know, uh, Brock Purdy is a name that going back to a year ago during recruiting cropped up a little bit late. This is a kid that had Boise State offers, good, you know, mid-major offers, but Iowa State got involved, and then very quickly afterwards, it was Texas A&M, and then Alabama, obviously the biggest offer, came along to him. But when they got his commitment, it felt like this was a play for the future with the six-year of eligibility for Kyle Kemp with Zeb Nolan, who started a couple of games a year ago, it felt like this was going to be a guy that was going to be for them for the end of the season. But as the season has gone on, after the injury to Kemp and after Zeb Nolan, as poorly as he played in that game against TCU, even before that you heard his name mentioned, he played a series a couple of times, but you wondered when they were going to finally unleash him. I think it came as a surprise just how well he played, doing it on the road right away. You can see it. Well, why a program like Alabama was interested in him. Look, the guy wasn't going to take over for Tua. We know that. But you can see why Nick Saban and company, what they saw on film, going back to his high school days in Arizona and why Iowa State was so excited to get a player like that. What do you think that came down to? Do you think it was ultimately just about the relationship that Matt Campbell built? I mean, I think that's saying us something about what Matt Campbell is doing where, uh, I mean, yes, Brock Party was not going to go to Tuscaloosa and beat out uh, Tua for the job. And even Texas A&M, although let's be fair, Texas A&M uh, since, um, since Johnny Manziel has you know, had its issues at that position. But uh, do you think this is more credit to just the culture that Matt Campbell is building there? I think a lot of it had to do with the plans of both of those programs. Brock Purdy, he wasn't a highly ranked guy. This wasn't a guy that was coveted all across the country going back to mm-hmm. his sophomore, his junior years, anything like that. He was a late bloomer. And when he came out of the scene, at the time, he was the best available dual-threat kid on the market at the quarterback position. And because of that, 
teams that were looking at the roster. They were looking at the future. I think that's why programs like A&M and Alabama became involved in him. But they weren't part of the plans. And at the quarterback position, you do see this from time to time, where a guy all of a sudden will get that big-time offer when he has other kind of offers and you're left kind of scratching your head. I think it was more of a depth play for Alabama and A&M. And because of that, I think Brock Purdy and certainly his family could see that too. Yes, if you wait your turn, if you wait until you're a junior, you wait till a redshirt senior, maybe there's a possibility that you can see playing time. But when you go to a program like Iowa State, though there's quarterbacks on the roster and there's going to be competition regardless of where you go, you're going to certainly have a better opportunity early in his career. And I think that might have been the tipping point. Yes, he had a real offer. It wasn't one. It wasn't a, a offer contingent on something else happening. But the realization was, I'm going to get a better shot early in my career at Iowa State as opposed to those other two programs. Trent Condon, Sports Talk 1700 in Des Moines joining us. So, Trent, that win last week, I really think it, it saved Iowa State's season because, you know, you look before the year, Iowa State fans were rightfully so talking about, you know, being in the discussion for the Big 12 championship game come November. Had they fallen to 1-4, and four, it would have been a disaster for them. How much do you think that the South Dakota State cancellation affected this team over the first month? Or is that just, or is that just a cop-out? No, no, I, I absolutely think it is huge. And you look at how good this team is defensively and the talent that they have up front, the defensive line, and we've seen that all throughout the season. But it just threw so much off in, in terms of timing. You go back to the Iowa State game, the, the Iowa game for Iowa State in week two, but game number one for them. And there were so many hiccups in that game, so many opportunities that were left out there that you wonder – if they would have got that full game against South Dakota State, how that would have gone. And then you couple that even with the Oklahoma game. There were opportunities in that game. They were right there with the Sooners. I think it threw up the scheduling so much for them, and with it, put them back behind the eight ball. And going into this three-week stretch, and they're going into the third week of it now, but after they walked away one and two, the Akron game was even odd, and of course the tragedy that happened with the Iowa State women's golfer and what happened there. It just it was such an uneven start to the schedule. I think you put all those pieces together, and, and it's not an excuse. It's a reality. It, it threw off the timing of what a normal schedule is going to be, the schedule that you anticipate you're going to play. I think it's a big reason they got off to a slow start. And we talked about going into this three-week stretch at TCU, at Oklahoma State, and then West Virginia coming up this week. At minimum, they had to get a victory here to really feel realistic about getting bowl eligibility and getting to a sixth victory. And now with that game underneath them, feels like they're playing with house money this week against West Virginia. Yeah, it really does. Uh, Trent Condon's joining us. Trent, let's uh, let's do some big picture stuff here. When, when you look at the Big 12 and you see what's going on around this conference, you know, I, I, I think that the Texas win last week, you know, it's good for Texas, obviously. It's, it's in many ways good for the Big 12 to show that this conference is not just Oklahoma and a bunch of other guys. But obviously it does hurt the conference's ability to – to uh, make the college football playoff because you have to have now Texas either run the table, Oklahoma run the table, or West Virginia run the table. I mean, what do you make of the Big 12 this season as a whole compared to where this uh, conference was a year ago? You know, when you look at it strictly in the playoff, getting into the playoff, getting into the Final Four, you're right. This is a bad thing to have happen, to have Oklahoma already take this loss. You mentioned the teams having to go perfect the rest of the way. In 2018, it's a bad thing. But for the conference as a whole, if we end the season 
and we have West Virginia sitting at 10-2. and two. And you have Oklahoma and Texas tied at 11-1 in the winter. We'll finish 12-1 and one and more than likely go to the Sugar Bowl unless we get some chaos happening. For 2018, it's a bad thing. But looking forward and even taking that 35,000-feet view, I think it's great for the conference. Getting Texas back, showing that West Virginia can be relevant, not just pulling an upset and winning nine games in a year, but taking that next step forward. I think all these things coupled together is a good thing for the future of the conference, even in the short term if it may hurt things. You know, Trent, I've been looking at the Big 12 this season, and I I thought it would be deeper than it is. Uh, You know, I thought it was going to be one of those years where the ninth team in the conference could beat the second or first team in the conference, uh, you know, four out of ten times type of thing, or three out of ten times. I don't think that's the case anymore. I mean, I look at the conference and I say, okay, Oklahoma, West Virginia, uh, Texas, whatever order you want to put them in, you can mix up that order as you please. But after that, it's a lot of, eh, a lot of question marks. I mean, I still think Iowa State can turn it around. But but, uh, where are you seeing the depth in the Big 12, if there is any at all right now? Well, as we were going through this summer, I was one of the people that was not a believer in West Virginia. I didn't think that that defense could make the improvements necessary to be a Big 12 title team, and I think we've seen that certainly happen. But I was one of the people that was a believer in Kansas State, even though you know the old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. Hey, I believed, I in, them. I, I believed in them too, and I think we were both dead <laughs> wrong here. <laughs> dead, dead wrong there. Uh, Baylor is improving, but maybe not a quick enough pace to – to bring up yeah. that bottom level of let's, things. Let's be honest, Kansas Trent. Trent Baylor, Baylor might be the worst 4-2 team in America. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point to make. And, and you're right. The, the middle of the conference still has bigger question marks than I think was going to happen here. But, you know, coming back to what we were just talking about, Pete, maybe that's a good thing. It's not a good thing to have a bunch of teams that are all really good. It's not good to have eight or nine teams in your conference that's really good. You want two or three key teams that are really good, and then your middle and your bottom can be whatever it is. When that happens, you got a better opportunity to get into the playoffs. Trent, has there been any discussion? I feel like it hasn't really been discussed, but since you're up there um, at, at 1700 uh, Sports Talk up in Iowa and, and you look at what's happening in your, not in your backyard, but you know, you're in Des Moines and you go up to Ames and you think about you know what Matt Campbell is building up there, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on uh, if the whole Matt Campbell leaving thing has has cooled down with the slow start to the season. I assume that's not even being discussed, but let's be honest, once the game of musical chairs starts happening and if you know if this Iowa State team does turn around, does win six, seven, eight games, I mean, could we be having this discussion again? I think it's still a real possibility. And the real possibility goes into, you know, schools that would make sense for him. It is so much different that even five years ago in college football where the lower echelon teams at the power conference level, you'd make that bump up because financially it certainly made sense anymore. It just doesn't, it doesn't anymore. And the difference between going and making $3 million in names and making four and a half million dollars at a place, I don't know, like Louisville, does it make a whole lot of sense for you? Coupled with, you just look at the way that the conference is, is currently set up. I, I think unless an absolute blue blood comes calling. Of course, Ohio State was the one going back to the Urban Meyer. That's when the conversation first started. Look, if Ohio State calls a a kid that lived basically his whole life in Ohio, you figure he's going back home. Notre Dame. Programs like that, absolutely. But that next tier, that next tier in the past where 
you would make that small jump up, and we saw that so many times in the past. That's dissipated because of the money that is involved, the ability for schools, even like Iowa State, to pay at a high level. I just don't think that it's going to happen. I don't see Matt Campbell leaving for a job. I think it's got to be the perfect job for him. And right now, I just don't think that's happening now with what happened with Ohio State and Urban Meyer keeping his job. Trent Condon is joining us, Sports Talk 1700 in Des Moines. All right, Trent, so as as we wrap this up and as we look at the Big 12 and kind of where it is and where it's going to be moving going forward, do you see this Iowa State team uh, getting to that? Uh, it seems like you think they're certainly going to be bowl eligible, um, but, but where do you see this team finishing with some of the changes that we've seen at quarterback and how that plays out moving forward? Well, the thing that I continue to scratch my head about, and after Zeb Dolan came in, after the injury to camp and played really well, was playing at a high level. I, I was surprised that it was talked about Kyle Kemp getting his job back. Well, then TCU happened, and I had to rule in a little back and say, okay, it makes sense. But then you go to this week, and the same conversation's happening. Kyle Kemp probably not going to be ready for this week. He's going through practice with West Virginia, and they have a bye afterwards, but the same conversation is happening. I don't think there's any way, after what we saw from Brock Purdy, if he plays that well and they beat West Virginia or even he plays well and they lose in a tight game, I don't see any way at all that you can give Kyle kept his job back, and that's why I'm still holding back a little bit here. I love the defense. I certainly love what they have, and the offensive line needs to get better. I think that's the biggest caveat you put there. But I certainly still think this is a team that's going to win six or seven games at minimum. They're going to be bowl eligible. Don't forget what they have at the end of the season with the game against Incarnate Word. We talked about Kansas State. That's been a 10-game losing streak for Iowa State. You put that back in the win column and you go from there. I think this team at minimum is going to be bowl eligible again. But the question I continue to have is the quarterback spot and and what they're going to do. You really want to put a six-year senior in Kyle Kemp that put big victories on the board certainly a year ago but does not have near the upside we've seen out of Brock Purdy or even Zeb Nolan for that. And let's be honest, he's a statue back there, and that's part of what hurt Zeb Nolan, the fact that – you know, this offensive line is just not very good, and Brock Purdy's uh, dual threat kind of helped mask some of that. Yeah, that, that's the thing, the component of this offense, where you mentioned the offensive line. It's not great. We were sold a bill of goods this spring and summer that it was going to be substantially better. That is certainly not the case. David Montgomery, a year ago, he covered out a lot of those holes that they had on on the offensive line, not speaking figuratively. But, but now... With this, with the offense looking the way that it is, this week's going to tell us a lot. If Brock Purdy is able to go out again, use that dual threat ability, we see the offense playing at a high level, I think the, the decision is going to be very simple. Don't what? think David Montgomery is going to be able to go this week. It, it's going to be different here. That's where I'm still I'm, I'm sitting on the fence. I don't like doing that to you, Pete. I'm still sitting on the fence because of the quarterback. We'll allow it, Trent. It's okay. Don't worry. Uh, one more thing for you here. L- let me let me ask you about uh, Bill Snyder. What do you do with Bill Snyder? What should K-State do here? I, I don't see at this point. I, I get it. I get what he means. I understand the history of it and the program that he took over and just how bad that it is. He's holding the school on one avenue saying he wants to make the choice. And he should in a way, maybe get that choice. But the other side of it is, this is big boy football. This is a business. And what happened to Mike Stoops at Oklahoma, and I know there are some people, oh, how can you fire a college coach in the middle of the season? This is college athletics. Let's be real, Pete. This is big boy football. This is, for all intents and purposes, this is professional football with the money that is involved. 
And same thing for Kansas State. Can they allow Bill Snyder just to continue to play out the string because of what he did, how bad that program can falter, and we know how bad it can get at Kansas State. you got to pull the Band-Aid off at some point, and if this continues down that route, I think you have to do it after the season. Trent Condon, appreciate you joining us. Sports Talk 1700 in Des Moines. Trent, thanks so much. Appreciate a few minutes, man. Yeah, great talking with you again, Pete. Always good to talk to Trent Condon. We appreciate his time, and thank you guys for uh, downloading the show. Please do rate, review, subscribe, and send me a screenshot when you do that to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get you a free koozie. It's a great deal. Send me your address. I'll get the koozie in the mail, I promise you. And betnow.eu, promo code HEARTLAND, for a 100% sign-up bonus. Appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you soon.